This is the Android Police Podcast. I'm your host this week, Jules Wong. The usual hosting team is busy this week, so I figured we would share a conversation that I had back in February with a Google executive. Who knew we could get them on our show, right? So picture this. I'm in New York at HP's briefing for the Dragonfly Pro Chromebook. Yes, Hewlett Packard. But if you have $999 and all the energy in the world to spend on an incredibly polished Chrome machine, it's a pretty good pickup, I have to say. I have a full review of the Dragonfly Pro on our site right now. I even put it through some Steam games and a few Linux apps. I really had to tread carefully on how I say that. And I expect you'll be surprised at how it does on those fronts. But let's get to the conversation at hand. John Miletus is VP of Product Management for Chrome OS. We sat in the only open space that was available in the conference area, so apologies for the audio quality as it gets busier later on. We had an extensive discussion about the trending directions of the software platform, looking backwards and forwards and all around. I began by asking John how involved Google was in shaping the Dragonfly Pro Chromebook. How did you go along? How did your team go along in terms of uh, talking with HP all about it? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, so uh, John Groden from HP literally called me one day out of the blue. I'd never met him. Um, I saw a phone call coming from Texas, picked it up, and he said to me, hey, I'm, I'm setting out to build the best Chromebook ever built and I'm told I need to talk to you about this. And that's how the journey started, uh, coming on two years ago. And it's been um, absolute labor of love across both of our companies. A lot of co-design, pushing each other, understanding you know, from where each of our companies, uh, what our positions of strength are, in really understanding one another, pushing each other. And, you know, certainly HP comes with incredible brand, Incredible industrial design and hardware expertise on the Chrome OS side. Obviously, build the operating system. A lot of software expertise in-house, and really an opportunity for us to influence one another and how we think about computing. And it's just been a, an incredible journey and one that we hope to continue to to go down. In the workshop, HP went through some of the specifics on how you to and to extent Intel as well because they had some hand in the parts talking about the camera talking about the, the keyboard in terms of getting down some specifics uh, some specifications even on how those experiences were going to be designed can you talk to me a little bit we can do a round robin even if you want to go through let's start with the keyboard yeah yeah, sure. So um, keyboard, beautiful RGB keyboard. We had been starting to look at RGB for some of our gaming devices and collectively ourselves in HP said, hey, wouldn't it be amazing if we put this, put an RGB keyboard into this device? And you, you think freelancer, well, why, why would that even be important? You know, RGB is typically reserved for gaming, but we put our heads together and said, well, there, it could be so much more. A, it's just a, a pleasant, beautiful experience to have uh, RGB. But also, what if we could actually pair the hardware the physicality of the keyboard and pair it with the operating system? And so things like personalization, we know that's very important for users. They want to be able to personalize their device, and it's beyond just putting stickers on the panel. It's 
It's uh, how can actually the keyboard present my personality or present what I'm doing with the device. And so as I'm going through changing the, the wallpaper on my device, be great if the keyboard can limit that. And so uh, that's that's uh, one example of what it can do. Or I can I want to be in a happy mood, so maybe I'll choose a, a bluish color. Or maybe I need to be in an intense mode where I'm getting a lot of work done. I don't want too much distraction, so I might go with a lighter yeah. tone. I think an important part of RGB as an avenue of conveyance. We've seen a lot of this in gaming where you're able to tune it down to get a hit, you know, your HP is down and you're you're in the red, you know, let's get a, a certain setup for that in terms of how that animates on the keyboard. And I think uh, one of the useful conveyances in this case was uh, the work profile, personal profile uh, distinction that you set up there. That was uh, pretty cool. Talk to me about the camera. Uh, yeah. Where was uh, where was the thought on that? This is the world's first eight megapixel front-facing camera on a Chromebook, but there's more to it than just the resolution, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. This is another good example where you can put an incredible component into a device like an eight megapixel camera, but you can take it to the next level if you have absolute collaboration across not just the hardware, but also the software, the firmware, the tuning that went into it. And so this is an example where we brought our camera experts from Chrome OS and across Google. It, uh, a lot of iterations on the tuning to get the tone uh, just right. We take a lot of pride across Google, across Android, and across Chrome OS to make sure that what you're seeing in the, the camera is, is representative of who the person is and getting skin tones right. And so we put our camera experts to the test, uh, learned a lot along the way, and I think the end result is one that we're incredibly proud of. And it's especially for that freelancer segment, constantly on the go, a lot of video calls, not often in this, uh, the same place throughout their workflows. And they may be at a cafe, they may be in a car, they may be at their desk, at their office, at their home. And just having that camera experience come through is, is really important. Are there any other little details that I might have missed uh, that Google really seems proud to be tinkering with right now? Yeah, um, I think this device, we're really excited about the haptic trackpad in this device. And that's another example where haptic is great. We love haptic, but how do you actually pair that into experiences in the software and in the operating system itself? So as you're moving Windows around on your Chromebook, getting that haptic feedback as you're snapping a window to a side panel or snapping windows together. Uh, it's one of those things where you don't actively seek out the haptic response, but as you use the device more and more, it becomes kind of a, a subconscious delighter in the way that you're, you're using the device. Now, correct me if this is a mistaken understanding, but I understand that it's not just HP that you work with on these sorts of elements, but across different OEMs, all across uh, different price points as well, the, the products. So where does Google play into how it approaches OEMs or how OEMs in this case approach them? And what do you do to keep them invested in the relationship there? Yeah, there's a lot. I personally and our entire team spend a lot of time with our OEM partners. We're very 
cognizant of the fact that we are an ecosystem play, a platform play. And so we're only as successful as our partners are, and our OEM partners are really key to that, as well as our SOC partners. And you know, as it comes to things like designing of new devices, there's certainly what I would call kind of mainstream devices where we'll build a reference design and uh, an OEM will take the reference design customize a little bit along the, along the margin. Where we're spending a lot of time with OEMs these days is around what we call hero devices. And a hero device does not necessarily need to be a premium device. Oftentimes it can be. These are devices where we want to do something different. We want to show what's possible with a Chromebook, try a new technology, establish a new identity for what you can do with a Chromebook. And so across our, our OEM partners are spending a lot of time on, on those hero devices as well. I would presume the gaming wave that you had uh, last year yep. was part of one push yep. of that. And I want to get to that in a moment, but I picked up on a couple of other things that Google has been really pushing on the Android side, such as FastPair. FastPair Fast was made a big deal of in terms of how it interacts with the conference calls. One feature that's been made clear was being able to start a conference call with your Bluetooth earbuds or whatever you're wearing on your phone, and then move it over to your Chromebook if we decide, okay, let's sit down and get a brainstorm going on. And FastPair is crucial to that Bluetooth energy and all that working together. And then there's also this theming that you mentioned in terms of personalization, the keyboard lighting, as well as uh, not just the background, but uh, some of the, the, the accents that you have colored, not just matching, but being complementary to those colors, which we have found in material here, that color picking engine. I'm wondering where Chrome OS is in terms of this feature ideation, in terms of how it trades off and plays off of features in development elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll start talking about our Better Together approach. We started it on Chrome OS with Android going back over two years ago and really starts with kind of an observation of how people operate in the world. And so increasingly people have become what I would call multimodal. Uh, you're an employee at work, maybe you're a student, uh, maybe you're a parent, and oftentimes you're all three of those things, sometimes two, two of those three, th three things. And so you're constantly shifting your mode. And so the other thing that we observed was uh, people are moving from device to device throughout the day. You're on your phone, you move to your tablet, you move to your Chromebook, you move back to your phone. And so if you just take those two things, and oh, by the way, you've also got different peripherals, you know, whether it's Pixel Buds or it's other headsets, different keyboards, et cetera, all of the accessories that you need uh, in order to go throughout your day. And so if you think of, if you take all of those observations, you realize that there are a few things that you need. One, you need access to your data and your information and an understanding of who you are across those devices. And so I think that's an example of where the Android to Chrome OS experience works really well. A lot of the, the identity is, is consistent. A lot of the data across applications is consistent. But the other thing is uh, you're oftentimes passing workflows from device to device. So you may send me a uh, Google Doc and I may be just kind of reviewing it on my phone, perusing it. But then when I actually need to get stuff done, 
I go from having my elbows in the air on my phone to, okay, now I need to actually contribute to the doc that you sent me. So now my elbows are on the desk and now I'm actually using my keyboard and really flushing out and being way more productive than I personally can on a phone. If I take all of these things together and you think about the constellation of devices, that's the rationale behind why we want to make sure that all of these experiences work across the constellation of devices, in our case, the Chromebook. And I guess coming from Android police myself, it is easier uh, for me to feel kind of approaches from an Android-centric point of view. Although I think, um, you know, you have a lot of hardware, a lot of considerations for cellular connectivity and other sorts of connectivity in phones that traditional desktop computing or laptop computing hasn't had, I guess you would say it's it's less deep in, in, in that way in some cases, and which is why I guess I kind of threw out, okay, these are features that are coming from Android. Are there items from Chrome OS that you could see have some sort of continuity bringing out to other platforms, including Android? Yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, I, I will I will acknowledge that I, I think the phone, the, the Android in our case is, is oftentimes the center of that constellation. And so typically a lot of the experiences start in phone and go out to those other surfaces. I think uh, one of the things that I see happening more and more is when you are at your desk, at your Chromebook, reviewing a document or viewing a web page and then you need to get out, you need to go somewhere, then that transition to your phone is something that I increasingly more and more important. I think there's uh, other things like, if I think about like natural input, like there are things where on a Chromebook, you benefit by having a keyboard and increasingly voice to control what goes on on a Chromebook. Those are kind of natural extensions, I think, to an Android as well, um, in particular voice that I think is, um, again, transitions from Chromebook into your phone. Cool. And finally, I want to tackle the future just a little bit, yeah. uh, especially considering what HP told us in that it designed this Chromebook to give a little headroom on the hardware side <laughs> to let Google do whatever it wants to meet that challenge. What do you see going ahead and meeting that challenge? Because really have gone through a very transformative period during the pandemic where we beefed up productivity to be more than just online. We have a lot more offline capabilities. And then we also have gaming, which ironically has went the other way. Cloud gaming has proven itself to be, if not viable, at least a lot of interest has been expressed in it. And from hardware has met the challenge of that. Where do you see yourself going coming up? Yeah, this may be a little bit of a long-winded answer, but I think it's really important. And at the I mean, we're long-winded here at the Perfect. Podcast. Awesome. I mean, good company, good. Yeah, yeah I think the uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, when we saw millions and millions of, of students bringing their Chromebooks home for distance learning, what we found was these devices were not performing as you'd expect, whether they were using Meet or they were using Zoom or they were multitasking. And the reality is a lot of those devices were not built to really handle distance learning. They had cameras on them for very limited use cases in the classroom, but they brought them home and they had a camera. So they said, well, we're gonna do distance learning through these devices. 
the hardware on those devices were not ready for it. And so we spent a lot of time, knowing we had millions of these devices out there, we spent a lot of time optimizing the operating system, optimizing video calling software, whether, again, whether it was Meet or Zoom, working with SOCs to optimize the experience there. We benefit from Chrome OS and being able to release every four weeks so we could get those changes in place. So we were able to, to address the situation that was facing the, the world at the time. As we look out to the future, you know, we're thinking about how do we future-proof the device or what those new technologies may be. And so part of that includes like this device, the HP device that we're discussing today, and making sure that we've got the specs that can handle for the next eight years, what are those technologies? I think that there is um, a lot that we already have on our devices today around on-device AI that is going to be a huge opportunity for us. Again, that's future-proofing for on-device compute that we want to be able to handle. You mentioned cloud gaming. We're ecstatic about that. I think it is absolutely viable, really rich um, ecosystem of cloud gaming partners. And I think about like the trajectory that Netflix took or the trajectory that Spotify took and now the trajectory that I think cloud gaming is going to go through. Every wave of those experiences has been shorter and shorter, and so I'm, I'm very bullish on, on cloud gaming. So I just, I think there's, uh, and, and those are the things that we have line of sight for, uh, but you know, as we noticed over the last two and a half years, new use cases evolve faster and faster. And so I could tell you what I think will happen over these next couple of years, but we've got many more years where there's just gonna be rapid new technological advances. I'm willing to bet that as much as the discourse can be a little crazy on AI, that's probably gonna be where most of the focus is so in terms of AI tools, I guess, maybe, perhaps. And I, I also see this as, I mean, the, the essential challenge, really, is you have robust apps that are growing more complicated and more complex and more able to serve each user's needs better. That takes more resource requirements. And there are really two ways that you can approach it as being the OS side of things, and one is to make your OS more efficient so that the app can take as much, many resources as it wants and still operate fine, or the other is getting the app to reconstruct itself so that it takes less resources to run fine on the OS. Where do you see Google being either the carrot or the stick on that? Uh, going ahead at the moment yeah. in terms of what you see as potential future focus areas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a rapidly evolving space, as you pointed out. I think the thing that I am really excited about is if you think about, uh, in our case, Chrome OS today, we have a lot of ML built into the operating system today. So we've got foundational technology so that you can do uh, on-device ML. We also have a lot of work that goes into the core of the operating system to leverage those technologies. Those are things like battery optimization, or if you're using a device with a stylus, ML to help detect palm engagement and palm rejection. And um, those are things that a user doesn't necessarily need to know that AI is going to work for them. They just want their battery to last long, or they don't want their palm to get in the way of when they're writing. Increasingly, I think there's going to be more and more what I would call 
user-realized experiences. Um, I think Google Photos has done an incredible job over the years of being kind of the, at least from my perspective, one of the first times where I can really see ML going to work for me. That's one of our products, but increasingly I, I see many other applications infusing AI into their technology. What our job as a platform is, is to be able to be a, a landing space for them so that they can, if they need to do on-device ML uh, and on-device AI, that uh, that we can be a provider for them. Gotcha, gotcha. So, a lot of aha moments to come, I guess. Yes. And, uh, oh, and Chrome OS being an enabler for developers to work on that. Yeah, and I, I think that's what makes this space so incredibly exciting. Uh, and it just a... Uh, an absolute rebirth. We've been going, kind of going through many rebirths over the last several years, and I think we're about to go through another one. John, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad that you took the time, and uh, thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Jules. Appreciate it. And that's it for this week's show. Again, our review for the HP Dragonfly Pro Chromebook is up on androidpolice.com. You'll find that there, along with all the Android news and features we're doing seven days a week. You can get in touch with the show at podcast at androidpolice.com. We certainly want to hear how we can make this show better for your ears, as opposed to your eyes or your feet. Anyways, Will and Daniel will be back with you this week for another AP podcast. But for the entire team, until then, I'm Jules Wong. Take care, and let's do this again real soon, eh?